0: And we're back! Hey Jeff. Hey Sergio. It's, epi- <laughs> it's, it's a new episode. It's a new episode of Shellheads. Is How it? is it going? It's going pretty well. It's going pretty well. How's it going for you, buddy? Well, well, well you know, it's fine. It's fine. I got a little bit of a sinus thing, so if I have deep, sexy voice this episode, that's your explanation. Sure. <laughs> it's 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 a big week. Um, this this week we're doing uh the feast, the the fourth feast. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's the fan fiction fest, but we of course do have other other stuff we have to uh, get to before we can get to that. Uh, but I do want to thank everyone who reached out and, and sent suggestions as to what we should cover for the fan fiction fest. Uh, for uh, all of them were looked at, all of them were were considered, and uh, some of them were used. So. Thank you for your submissions. Uh, we got some really good ones this, this time. And I think when it comes to pieces of content that we reviewed, it's more than we've ever done for a Fan Fiction Fest. Oh, wow. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're going to we're going to have to burn through these first couple of segments to get to it. So, 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 Jeff, what's first? It's time to see what's in our box. OK, do we do yes. we want to get the uh, the uh, elephant? Out of the room immediately? Uh, Let's lead up to that. What What do you mean? No, like it's something we both got. Okay. The Cowabunga collection? Well, yeah. Well, I got the collector's edition. So it's still the same game. It is. I just got more stuff with mine. Uh, Whoopity-doo. Yeah. And kudos to FedEx for delivering it at 9 a.m. this morning. That was great. I was like, what? Some breakfast, some coffee, play some turtles. <laughs> uh, I, I, I swung by the GameStop and they had one. Mm-hmm. It, actually, they had several uh, mm-hmm. copies. I, they even had some. I don't I don't know if these were pre-orders or not, but they had some of the the uh, collector's edition in there. Mhm. What uh, did you get it for? PS4 or Xbox? I got it for PS5. Oh, hey, look at you! I keep forgetting you got a PS5. I have a PS5. Lucky sob. Yeah, I actually saw a PS5 in a Walmart today. Hmm. So, so I, I think things might be returning to normal, Jeff. It was like a hot second, and then it was gone. Probably. So, the Cowabunga Collection, as of right now, based on 27 critic reviews, the Cowabunga the Cowabunga Collection has a 79 Metacritic score. Okay. That is pretty good. Yeah. I don't, you know, usually go by critics, but. Oh, well on Xbox, it has nine critic reviews and it has an 85. Hmm. Um, critics Hmm. are typically right. Um, especially when all the time, typically they're right. Especially when you aggregate their, their scores, like one critic can be wrong or can be, or can have an opinion that is, that, that goes against the consensus, but mm-hmm. consensus is usually right. That That's where Metacritic comes in to give you an idea of whether or not a game is good, right? I'd say they're more trustworthy than Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes does the exact same thing. Eh, I still don't trust re- user reviews anyway. Oh, but. user reviews are trash. We're not talking about user reviews. Yeah. No. Uh, so seventy nine's not bad. It's not a bad score. Um, no, no and I have yet to play mine uh, just cause I'm trying to finish death's door before I throw that thing in. And I know that we don't have to play it until right before next episode. All right. Well, I, 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 uh, I played a bit of it uh and uh, greatly enjoyed uh, what I got to play. Um, I'm looking forward to diving in uh probably tomorrow or after we get done tonight. Maybe, Yeah. it's, I, I unfortunately, I don't play online anything, so um yeah, I won't we'll, be experiencing that uh, but i'm I'm hoping you do um, i I mean, I really don't see myself playing these online to be perfectly honest um, really I mean, you, well, I mean, you're the only person I know right now that has it, um but Just, we don't even have it on the same systems, <laughs> so well, like play it with some randos, man. What's the worst they could do? Yeah. Uh, I've kinda, I've heard it's a little bit of a mess. Uh right now like if you get more than like um two players, um mm-hmm. just cuz everybody's wanting to jump on and play. So um you know, I'll 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 wait. <laughs> okay. And you know what it. you know what you know what it is? I'm Mm. pretty sure that you just aren't confident in your tournament fighter skills. It's been a really long time since I've played that game. (laughs) Uh, Well, it's not that at all. Um, But uh, no, I just don't really do a whole lot of online, you know, unless it's like co-op with friends. Um, But the friends have to get said games. so. Yeah. When when, when I picked it up, I was surprised. I didn't realize it was a budget title, mm -hmm. which was I was thrilled. Like I didn't want to spend seventy dollars. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't see this being that, you know, like some of the other collections they put out. uh, They worked on um, Castlevania Collection and Contra Collection, and those are relatively about twenty nine, thirty nine dollars. You know, and you've got a lot of beef packed into those. I would say this is the beefiest baby, but we'll 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 talk about that later uh, as far as collections go. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's on next time's uh, next episode's agenda. Yeah. Uh, Did you get anything else in your box, Jeff, or are we moving on to my stuff? Mm, That's pretty much it. Okay, so I've actually got a bunch of stuff. Oh, hey. Yeah. So ever since the last time we talked, um, Neca delivered my uh, premutation collection mm-hmm. or premutation set that has Baxter and Hamato Yoshi and Bebop and Rocksteady all premutated. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a nice little set. Uh, it is it, you know it's the one that they released for San Diego Comic Con mm-hmm. and that they had they had preorders on their website. This isn't a complaint. I, I think I just need to go watch those episodes again that the, that, that these characters are in, but mm-hmm. like Bebop Rocksteady and Baxter seem stumpy, huh? Like oddly short. Like maybe they weren't that tall in the in the show. I don't I don't know. I don't think they were. Yeah, like as, as a, not off. not a complaint. I, it right. It just seems weird in the packaging. Well, it's not like it's uh off like it like. Danny. Yeah. Danny was reasonably short. Yeah, yeah, just proportionally wrong. Um, yeah. Other than that, they look great. Um, yeah. And it was re- delivered relatively quick. Like, I don't think these things have even, have even hit target. So if you ordered it, congratulations. It's probably going to be pretty hard to find going forward. But it it's one of those sets that, Unless you're a hardcore collector that gets all of them, you can probably skip it. Yeah. Yeah, I can can totally see that. Yeah. Uh, The other thing I got was from Playmates. It was the, you know, know, they've been re-releasing all of these old figures, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And several episodes ago, we announced that they were doing the superhero turtles with the superhero Bebop and Rocksteady. Mm Mm-hmm. It was four, four figures. I think it's Raphael and donatello i'm not don't quote me on that but i got that box in you know the little collector's box and uh like all the other ones it's cute the figures look exactly like you would expect them to look um i'm i'm really happy that they've moved on from just re, re, re like reprinting the original four turtles like for what the 50th time yeah, the the eleventy billionth time, like yeah. they're they're reprinting weird stuff, which you know how what well, you know how I love weird stuff. Yeah, it, I would like if they, because they've got they've been putting out uh, Star Trek stuff again, so mm-hmm. as soon as they do this Trek Turtle pack, I'm there. Yeah, and and it's becoming more and more obvious that that might happen. Um, I, I've I've ordered the Toon Turtles. Those are on the way, uh, we'll probably talk about those next time, but yeah, yeah, so just a, just a bunch of action figures that are going to sit on my shelf for the rest of time, and then my kids yeah. are going to have to deal with them. Yeah. I'll just throw them in the trash. Oh, don't, oh, don't, don't, don't tell me that. Put it in your will that they cannot be thrown away. <laughs> they will lose everything if that happens. <laughs> How do you enforce that? Make it a video, Will. How do you enforce it, though? You have someone check on it. <laughs> Can I have a cop come by and say, oh, you haven't thrown those turtles away, have you? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, And, oh, and I, I guess we, we should move on. I, I do have my own segment here. So are you ready? Okay. Sergio's steal of the Week. What did you steal? From, did you steal? Did you steal from children? No, I didn't. I didn't. I, it's not actually a steal. It's a. It's. Dang a it. i just got a, a deal so good that it's probably a steal. Ooh, right. A steal deal. Yeah. So if you follow us on Instagram, uh, Shellhead's podcast, you you probably noticed that I posted a CGC graded copy of. TMNT Volume 4, Number 1, Second Print. Ooh. Yeah, like, let all those numbers digest. So it's the second printing of Issue Number 1 from the 2001 series that Peter Laird basically uh, spun up when after he bought out Kevin Eastman. Mm-hmm. I already own a first printing of that number one. Mm-hmm. And I've been looking for a second printing just because I'm a like that's that's what I do is I collect the different printings of everything, right? Right. And I was following, you know, I, I, on mycomicshop.com. I, I have like a wish list, and whenever something pops up, they email me. Well, they popped up that one of the books I was looking for hit the auction site, hit their auction site, which is specifically an auction site for their comics. And it was this, it was CGC graded at like an, at 9.6. Ooh, that's good. Okay. So it's, so it's a, it's a high grade. And I was like, Hmm, wonder what this goes for. Right. Yeah. I I had no intention on buying it. I was like, uh, let's see the bid right now is like 10 bucks. Screw it. $30. I'll put 30 in. Uh, and then, you know, once once the auction ends, they'll send me an email and say, oh, you missed it, but here's what it sold for, and then I could get an un, you know an idea of how much it sells for. Right. Well, flash forward to like a week and a half later, when the uh, the auction ended, I actually won it for like 26 bucks. Not bad. Yeah, plus shipping, and shipping was like 10 bucks. So like, if you take into account the cost of grading and encapsulating that comic. I made money buying it. Nice. Yeah, because it costs like 35, 40 bucks just to send it off to get it graded and they send it back. So I, whoever I bought that from, thank you. And I'm sorry, but. I'm kind of thrilled this this adds. This is the third book that I have that's graded now. So. That concludes Sergio's steal of the Week. <laughs> Got some chutzpah spawn there. Huh? That was that good. Yeah, was good. You like nice. that? Been working on that. Well, that's nice. Yeah, it, I I can only do it this week because of my sinus thing. Uh, what's our next segment? <laughs> and now it's time for some news.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, we we like cobbled together like a couple of things. There, there's not much out there, y'all. Yeah, like everybody's talking about the Kalunga collection. Like I, I, I searched and I was like, he's like, oh, cowbunga this and Kalunga that. I'm like, okay. I was like, and you I, know that's probably on purpose. Like I'm sure Nickelodeon was like, hey everybody, don't announce anything this week. We're kind of focusing on this video game. Yeah. You know that there, there's there's whole marketing teams that you know that that drive all of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, but what do you have for news? Um, well, you know, actually, there was a piece of video game news that I forgot about. Um, Uh-oh. We've got a... Uh, the Turtles are, you know, how much they like to apparently make cameos and things. Uh, in a... Uh, so it's a free TMNT event in a game called Knockout City. Um... And it's the '80s version, uh, Turtles. Um, and you can play this on PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. Is that a free game? Uh, I see. I'm not sure. See, I've, I've never heard of this one. Like I've heard of it. Um, it's called they're called the Knockout Season City Season Seven Mutant Mutiny begins August 30th and will last for 13 weeks. Yes, it is a free-to-play game. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, it looks like it's dodgeball. Yeah. Um. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, they are playable characters in a paid bundle apparently. Okay. So I thought it was free, but yeah, you know, the game's free. Um, l- looking at the, I'm looking at the Steam page right now. It looks like there's a like a deluxe upgrade that's ten bucks. Yeah. And that they might be part of the deluxe upgrade. Just kind of a give us some money and we'll give you some more stuff. Yeah, it says the bundle uh, includes all four turtles and their unique intro poses for $20. Oh, 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 Nickelodeon wants their money. Oh, hey, you know, they're getting their money's worth making them go everywhere. Uh, Looking at uh, the Steam page this game has very positive reviews on both like recent reviews and all reviews. Now these are user reviews and you know, as we said, they're usually trash, but this is kind of cool. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. They look great. Um, I guess that, I, I've, I've, that makes me wonder, have this, have the turtles been in, uh, Fortnite yet? No, that's, that's bound to be coming, right? I guess so. I mean, if you know Indiana Jones and Darth Vader and Spider Man and Goku can all show up, and Ariana Grande, probably. <laughs> no, she is in the game. Is she? Oh. Yeah, Ariana Grande is. Um, John Cena is. Like what? It it is it is the metaverse that we've been looking for yeah. forever. Uh, I, yeah, I don't. I don't think the turtles are in Fortnite. No, they're not. We will guarantee you next year when the movie comes out, the turtles will be in Fortnite. Yeah. Having them use guns. Yep. For the kids. <laughs> Having them use guns and build things. Yeah. Uh, Do we have any, any other news, Jeff? Um. Well, uh, a company called uh Iron Studios um is working on a pretty boss Shredder statue. Uh he looks like the uh the 87 cartoon uh version but like if you combined him with, you know, 2K3 or um, you know, a more mature, you know, looking version. Um he looks he looks <laughs> for lack of better terms pretty shredded. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, it's the it's the fifth uh their fifth statue uh in their line. Um and this one's about like the price is about 210, so it's not grossly overpriced. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, dude, there was a crane. There was a crane Android body one from another company that I saw for like nine hundred dollars. I'm like, nope. Is is this like a scenario where his does his helmet come off or? No, it's just a. It just looks like look he's like perched it. on the side of a building, or a chunk of it. Yeah. I wonder if it'll connect. That'd be cool if the base is connected. Maybe. But you're right. This does look really cool. He looks all battle damaged and stuff. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah.
1: He, his, he's
0: capes not, he, a, his Capes a little raggedy. He's got some scratches on that helmet. Yeah. He's been punched a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. This is this is definitely out of my price range, but it is cool. Yeah. It, and they've I, got. I think... go sorry, ahead. Go. Well, they they've done okay. a Leonardo and a Donatello. Uh, they've done a boss Casey Jones. Um. And I'm not, I'm not seeing the other versions on here. It's probably, uh, you know, Mikey or Raph. <laughs> now that I look at this thing closer, like, does this Shredder have like a, like a leather allergy? Maybe. Because if you look at the straps holding his uh, one of those gauntlets. Yeah. On, they're leather straps, but he's got like cloth underneath them, so he doesn't irritate his uh, his his poor forearms. Well, hey, that's just common sense. I will destroy you, but I don't want to itch afterwards. No chafing. No chafing. Foot talcum powder. <laughs> and his mask kind of looks like uh, the the ninjas from score from a uh, from Mortal Kombat. Oh yeah, that's pretty balls. Yeah. Um, is that it for news? Um. Well, this is. I want to say this is kind of news. Um, uh, the 2K12 showrunner, uh, Ciro Nile Neil, no, I'm pronouncing that wrong. <laughs> um, kind of as a lead up to the 10-year anniversary of the series, has been posting uh, a lot of really cool behind-the-scenes, like uh, art and uh, information about the show, on his Facebook. Um, and I'm assuming on other, um, uh, social media platforms as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had some really interesting, uh, um, insights. Um, one of which was the, an original pitch was more, uh, I'll just read it verbatim was, uh, uh centered around April Um, Said the show began on the eve of Splinter's death, and it would be the catalyst for the distraught Turtle Brothers to finally leave the sewers, Um, and April would act as an emotional replacement uh, for their master. That's a very bold turn. Yes, it is. Of course, it didn't go that way, but that would have been very interesting. Um, I agree. I agree. Like, that would have been one of those, like, head-turning changes. Mm-hmm. that that you know makes news outside of just, you know, turtles news. Yeah. It's like, oh, now April is their sensei. And what? Yeah, kind of like Someone a, calls CNN. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like an else worlds or like a what if uh type story uh segment, which I I do enjoy those. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, and like the, you know, they he would talk about different characters and stuff, and um, uh, he's a big uh, just like you know, this cheesy eighties uh, uh, ninja movie uh, uh fan, um, and originally uh, he had wanted Master Splinter to be to be voiced uh, by actor Sho Kasugi, which is essentially Mister Ninja. Like this guy was in uh all like the best like ninja movies, um, back in the day. But unfortunately, um, he's retired and Oh, what could have been because he's, he's pretty great in those movies. They're, they're a lot of fun. Hmm. So, so he's been retired, retired a long time then. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last movie there was, there was a movie I think just called Ninja and he was in, uh, it was pretty bloody. Uh, That might have been his last one. I'm not 100%, but uh, very, very cool. Other than that, you know, just go check out his socials uh, because he's posting all kinds of stuff, and I'm sure all these um, images are uh, more or less are in the uh, 2K12 art book, uh, which you can find at your, maybe your local comic shop or, you know, favorite select retailer online. Maybe. I don't know how hard that is to find. I know I have it, but I, have I bought it. it when it came out. Yeah. I I got a copy from Offbeat. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is the kind of news. Kind of. Um, so, Instagram user at Golden Shredder. Oh, cool. That's a cool name. Golden Shredder. Apparently, he... Wrote a fan comic and it's 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 appropriate that we cover it this episode considering this is a uh, you know fan fiction fest four, mm-hmm. uh, but the fan co- the, the the comic is called the Legend of the Golden Shredder and uh, he was selling it on Instagram just like he had like fifty copies and uh, I ordered one so it's coming in cool I don't, I don't know if it's any good but you know it's very limited edition so. Why not jump on it? I don't think he has any more. Mhm. Uh, but if you if you look at his Golden Shredder Instagram account, it looks like he's kind of uh seeing if there's there's enough um uh, interest to s- make a second printing. Yeah. So check that out or don't. It is it's definitely a fan book, so I, I can't really vouch for it yet, but. Mhm. We'll probably cover that next time we do a fan fiction fest. Yeah. Let's see. Jeff, is that it for news? I think that about does it, Sergio. I haven't been able to dig up any any other stuff. Yeah, like this has been it's it's been a, it's been 2 weeks but there hasn't really been anything talked about. So, yeah. Hmm. Well, then I guess it's time for the feast, Jeff. It is. Are you hungry? I'm always hungry, Jeff. Good. Good. Let's take our break, and we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's Sergio. Before we get started with uh, our main topic, I just want to throw out there that we're going to spoil a lot of these fan fiction pieces. So if you're interested in reading the ones uh, that we covered prior to us talking about them, visit the page for this episode on realitybreached.com, uh, or some podcast apps actually bring over the show notes. Uh, I I don't know which ones, so that's not much help to you. However, just know we're going to spoil a lot of stuff, and I would hate for you to be spoiled and then not read the fiction, because it's some pretty good stuff. So uh, on with the show. And we're back. Okay, Jeff. We have a whole list of stuff to go over for the fan, for Fan Fiction Fest four. Yeah. And before we jump in, uh, there, there's a couple of, of of works that we just couldn't cover because of the sheer volume uh, of content attached to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were both sent over by uh, by Lexie D. She uh she sent a whole bunch of stuff and there's a What I'm assuming is a manga, 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 Uh, okay. Called mutant ninja turtle Gaiden. Mm Is Gaiden right? Is that the right way to say that? Yeah, sure. Is it it Gaiden? Well, if I'm wrong, what is it? It's either Gaiden or Gaiden. Okay. Okay. I wanted to read this. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. I like it's it you know, it's it is clearly influenced by like Japanese storytelling and whatnot. And when I got a hold of it, it's 800. And as of right now, it's 872 pages and the story's not over. Holy cow. Yeah. It's been going on since like the 2K3 show was a thing. Wow. Yeah, and it's got chapter after chapter after chapter. And we could have just gone through all of the uh, the synopsis, but then that's like reading the cliff notes. It, it just didn't make sense for us to read it between these two ep- episodes. But I did want to point it out because apparently it is very popular and uh, we have not mentioned it yet. Okay. Uh, so there's that. Uh, the she also pointed out a book called like it was it's not a it's not a book it's it's fan fiction so it's like you know like a written novel uh, called like Father Like Son mm-hmm. and it's actually a a fanfic written in the rise of the TMNT like world. So as as you can tell, it's pretty recent, you know, in the last five years or so. And what you know, what she sent over was that it uh, it's it's a well known Rise of the Team Team and T uh, fanfic about Baron Draxum kidnapping Leo and making and making him uh, fight brutal fights for him. Yeah, there's I, I looked for an animatic on on YouTube. There wasn't really any way to 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 get. Uh, an overall summary of what the story was, but it also had a, a, not an unreasonable amount of chapters, but it's like novel length. It's like 600 pages. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's really long and that's fine. Like if you're writing fan fiction, write what you, you know, what you feel you need to write. If it's 800 pages, 600 pages, do it. Uh, The, the bigger thing that I want to point out here is when searching through all these th- these these different fan created works, there was one like common denominator a bunch uh, amongst a bunch of them, mm-hmm. and that is that a lot of them aren't finished. Oh wow! Yeah, whether it's uh, whether it's like a fan novel or or a you know fan comic or. And, and we'll we'll get to some later. There's there's a whole like Dream Studios out of uh, out of Russia. They currently have like five different turtle stories that they're in the process of publishing in Russian, and then translating into English. But they keep starting new stories before finishing the previous stories.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. And I really wanted to include a bunch of Dream Studio stuff, but if we're going to be doing this podcast for years, I kind of want to give them a chance to finish some stories. Right. Right. Before we, you know, check them out. There's, it's just, there's so much of it. And, and so we are going to cover one of their stories. that isn't quite done yet, but it's very episodic, but we'll get to that. I guess my point is make your team and think make your fan, your fan fiction as long as you want it to be, but write an ending, man. Yeah, or you could do like you know, like here's a four part you know story, or here's a six part story, or you know, and and I I don't I don't mean that like in a mean way. It's just don't overcommit yourself. Right. You know the the ones that we're going to cover today are concise. They have a start and a finish. Most of them do. And they tell compelling stories. All, I, th- I think every piece that, we, w- that we're going to talk about is uh, is unique in its own way mm-hmm. and brings something to the turtle's lore that has really not been touched upon by any of the official works, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite things about fan fiction is they have carte blanche to do anything. There, th- There's not a, a Nickelodeon looking over their shoulder going, uh-uh. Uh-uh, uh-uh, you didn't say the magic word. Right. So I, I guess th- what I'm saying is don't overcommit yourself. That's that's the nicest way to put it. You know, I want to read your stuff, but if you keep pushing off the end of it, I'm probably going to forget that it exists. Yeah. And nobody wants – I don't want that. You don't want that. I would, I would love to read your fan fiction now. Yeah. Let's jump in, Jeff. So, did you have a preference as to which one we cover first? Hmm. I think let's let's uh let's head up the comics. The comics first? Yep. Okay. We we read a a nice chunk of comics. Uh which one do you want to talk about first? I think let's do um the one-offs because we've got We've got two one-offs, and then we've got um, several like multi-story. Okay. So let's go with mind of a leader. Okay. Okay. Uh, this, I, I honestly have no idea where I got this one. Hmm. Uh, I found it on the internet like last year sometime, and I was like, let me file that away, and we'll cover it on the fan fiction fest. Uh, it is a. It's built as an IDW inspired fan comic by Powder. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with Powder. I am not. Uh, but if it's the same Powder that posts in the uh, the Technodrome forums, then I'm sure I've interacted with him a few times because mm-hmm. he's he's rather active over there. Okay. Or I guess he or she. Uh, Powder is I guess a gender neutral name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, It's, it's a IDW inspired in that it takes place kind of at at the end of the, the arc where Leo was brainwashed by the shredder and Kitsune. Mm -hmm. And it's clearly set in uh, Northampton. And even the art style is similar to that of uh, Sophie Campbell, who did the art for the Northampton run hmm. And it's 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 a very introspective book where Leo is kind of narrating to himself uh, a, as he kind of comes to terms with what he did while he was brainwashed and and how he can be a better leader and what what it's going to be like going forward. Uh, the book's only about nine pages, uh, but I believe if I remember correctly, you could go to the Northampton run of uh, I, the IDW uh, line and this f- would probably slot in right where Leo goes off into the woods by himself. Yeah. Yeah. I really like this one. It There wasn't much to it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know anything about the creator. This seems like a story that could be an allegory for something uh, he was going through.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But that may be just me overanalyzing it. What do you think? it could be it could be both um you know it could be like you know just like a personal uh you know speaking from a you know personal um experience uh but also to kind of like that inner monologue of what you know leo was dealing with in between you know what what happened in in the idw run um i i enjoyed this uh however brief it was um the art's great um it was just you know um yeah like you said it could have been you know an, an allegory for something uh personal um, it could be both it could be both yeah yeah and 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 there's there's like a the eighth page of it is 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 rather cathartic in that we see Leonardo actually shed the black uh wrappings that he had mm-hmm during the you know his his time with the shredder and putting his white wrappings back on and we see him kind of emerge from the woods as his old self and as I said that's it slots pretty well into the old into the actual run it's based on so I I like it um, I honestly I wish I knew where to find it mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's at the bottom it is uh, labeled with powder a.k.a. Casey Jones. Uh I don't know if you can find the whole comic there, but that might point you in the right direction. Mm. Uh, it's cool. I like it. Uh, but we have to move on because we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. What's the next one? Let's see. Let's talk about... Let's talk about Slash. Okay. Okay. So, this one I found. Uh, it was... Let's see this one. I, I kind of made a front piece to uh, it's it's a fan book by Jeremiah D. Allen, Randy Valen Valiente mm-hmm. and Chris Johnson. And if you're familiar with the the TMNT entity uh, blog uh, at on, on blogspot.com, uh, they're I don't know who runs that, but it's a very um all-encompassing look at Turtles comics. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of sent to TMNT entity wh- back when Slash was being introduced into the IDW book. And there was a little like backstory written on it, and you you, you know Go Green Machine, right? Yeah. Don't you have a history with Go Green Machine? Yeah, I was uh very briefly um uh, a writer um for some of the segments. Um and uh it um changed hands uh over over the the last, you know, chunk of years. I think a guy named Toka is running it now. I'm familiar with that. I'm familiar yeah. with that guy. Um so I'm not sure. I haven't been to it in in, in forever. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was a uh, it was it was a lot of fun uh, working on that, and it's kind of a uh, wild, uh, coming back full circle, uh, to <laughs> more coming back to more Ninja Turtles, you know, uh, stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, and, and and the reason I bring up Go Green Machine is because apparently in the year 2009, right before. Uh, Peter Laird sold the turtles to Nickelodeon. Go Green Machine was putting together like a a uh, like a book of collected stuff. One of those stories was this story named Slash uh, by Jeremiah Allen. Uh, And the premise here is that this is potentially how to introduce Slash into the Mirage continuity. Mm hmm. Uh, towards the end of the second Tales of the Turtles run, Peter Laird was letting a lot of uh, writers kind of do what they wanted to, to stuff that could still be canon. Like, I think it was Tristan Jones introduced Hun into the Mirage continuity, Mm -hmm. like really late in the Tales uh, Volume 2 run. So it wouldn't be really out that far out there to think that someone could write a story that, Peter Laird would like that would introduce slash. And and that's what basically the premise behind this is. So it's it's a really cool little nugget. Um, I again, this one, I don't know where to find this has <laughs> the website on this one is www.myspace.com slash Kansas comics. So I who knows if that's still a thing, mm-hmm. but you might be able to find it. It's just one of those that I that I've had sitting in a folder for a while. This one, Slash, is part of an ancient turtle race that was on Earth prior to humans. And the Triceratons came, killed all of the turtle race that was here. He was the only survivor. Somehow he ended up in present-day New York, the same present day that the Outrams had had settled in, which is spoiler alert, a plot point in volume four of the Ninja Turtles. And slash was really upset because he blames the Utroms for what happened to his, his people. Well, he, they meet up with the turtle and it's a fight between slash and another turtle. And eventually the, the Utrom leader step in, or I'm sorry, agent Bishop steps in working with the Utroms. They wipe everyone's mind and basically wipe Slash's mind back to before he knew anything about any of this stuff, basically making him a child. And that's why he wants his binky, (laughs) his palm tree. And and this story is another very short one. It's only like, what, 11? Yeah, it's 11 pages, including my front piece. And uh, again, really, really solid. Like, just surprisingly good, considering how short it is and what they're trying to accomplish. What'd you think? I really enjoyed this one uh, a great deal. Um, and like, if you hadn't told me, you know, that it was a fan deal. Like, it looks, the presentation's really nice. Um, you know, it just looks like it could be, you know, uh, from Mirage, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a very interesting uh, take on Slash, and so I really enjoyed uh, I really enjoyed this one a lot. Yeah, and Slash has a pretty um, unique look in this one. Mm-hmm. He does have a very spiky uh, shell, um, but there's a, there's a lot of anger in him. Oh yeah, like uh, a more intense Raphael. <laughs> yes, well he has to be. Slash is pretty uh pretty fierce. Uh, but yeah so much story is told in the the 11 pages here and and you're right if 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 you told me this was a backup story in a tales volume 2 book i would believe you yeah totally yeah and that can't be said for a lot of these like a lot of these as good as they are do have some fatal flaws that would keep them out of you know a major publication this mm-hmm. one doesn't really have that <laughs> and it 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 probably benefits from being black and white. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know. I like it. Uh you got anything else before we move on? Um I think let's see. Oh, there is a little easter egg. Oh, there are two okay. easter eggs. Uh if you look carefully uh at the end of uh uh the issue uh where he's looking for his binky, you can mm-hmm. see a plush Ray Filet. <laughs> yes, she can on the floor. And I'm not sure if the panel underneath that. I don't, I, that's it's not leatherhead. No, it looks like an aardvark. Yeah. Maybe usual. Yeah. I don't know. But yes, yeah, it was the only little you know, kind of cool Easter egg. Yeah. And, and I, I like how they tied it into all of the, the previous Mirage lore. Like it's, it's pretty faithful. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's jump over to the, the the fan movies for a moment. Okay. And just knock out the big one. The the, the, the big one that was the biggest production that the most people sent me to <laughs> for, for us to watch. And that is Casey Jones Livewire. Oh, man. Casey Jones Livewire is a uh, short, what, 30 some odd minute. Uh, fan film that you can find on YouTube. It is very easy to find. Apparently it was crowdfunded and it was made by a larger team than I thought. Like, did you see how many people were in the credits? Yeah, that was, that was very impressive. Yeah. Like there, there's, there's like uh, special effects and choreography. Uh, Basically, as as we've said before telling a casey jones story via a movie is the easiest thing for a filmmaker to do in the turtles universe mm-hmm. because casey is a dude you know if you, if you want to make a turtles story th- th- there's a lot of uh, upfront cost or some barriers to entry that prevent you from doing that easily if you just have april and casey it's a human story you can do it and I'm not going to say this is the best Casey movie we've watched because I think that falls on Polaris uh Polaris Banks Casey Jones, that's still the best one. Uh, but this one is a lot of fun. It really is. I'm actually going to say I li- I prefer this one. This is my favorite. Is it because of all the cameos or all the 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 the, the like the callbacks to 80s stuff? Well, it's not it's not even that it's like th- those are really cool. But I just think it was a really well done Um. Uh, film. And it gave me, you know, kind of like everything that I didn't know that I wanted. You know, we got human bebop and rocksteady, clearly. <laughs> but they're yeah. but they're swapped. Yeah, So like uh, bebop is a white dude. And Rocksteady, is a black dude. Yeah. Um, a huge black dude. Uh, so it was I. I liked that mix-up. I liked uh, uh, that was really cool. Uh, I, I think I think my favorite part was the middle where we just saw Casey being Casey. Yeah. Because that's not something we see a lot. We, we he's usually in the background, or his story is, or or. As a character, he's there to, to you know, help us enjoy the Turtles story. Mm-hmm. Him just hanging out at home and, you know, playing Streets of Rage. Yeah. And then d- basically daydreaming about uh, all of these, these movie characters with guns and him d- d- basically just being a, a big 40-year-old child. Yeah, and that was really crazy. Uh, and I was like, well, there's there's, there's a, where a large chunk of the budget went to recreate a full RoboCop suit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and the digi- digital interface of the, the T-1000, not oh, T-1000, yeah. the T-800. Yeah. Yeah, like it, it, I – when the movie started, I was like, oh, oh, no. This is just going to be another Casey Jones thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And they clearly did a lot of work in the fight choreography department. I don't know if I liked any of the fights, mm-hmm. but it didn't detract from how much I liked the film as a whole. Yeah. yeah
1: because it, 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 it was worked. clearly
0: just there to have a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And, and of course you can spot the bad wigs. <laughs> oh, we'll we'll talk about bad wigs in a minute. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Casey Jones in this movie did not have a wig. And I appreciated that totally. Yeah. Uh, What I also really, really liked, like, like I liked it so much. I want to see it in like a real movie, like a, you know, real production is the design of the foot soldiers. I absolutely loved that. It was like 50% 87 foot soldier design and fifty percent. I don't know the name of the character, but the 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 skull and bones guy that's on every Megadeth album. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of a, a an average of those two things, and it was just comic booky enough, or just ridiculous enough to make me smile, but it also looked menacing enough for it to work. Yeah. Uh. So I, I guess let's talk about <laughs> that ending. Oh, dude. Your boy showed up. He did. What'd you think about the metal head? Oh my God, that was fantastic. Like, I did not expect that. I, I expected like one of the turtles. So it, 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 it definitely subverted expectations. Um, as I had none going in. And then I was like, oh, here's metalhead. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, like, I <laughs> I liked how they used metalhead. I don't know if I liked the metalhead costume. Yeah, it 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 wasn't as good as their Robocop costume. Yeah, I mean it's perfectly fine for what yeah. you know what they could cobble together. Yeah, I really liked their April O'Neil. Oh, she's a total babe. <laughs> she really had some Sonya Blade energy going, didn't oh, she? Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Now, love life is like kind of like a, you know, she's in a orange, an orange, not orange, a yellow style, you know, workout outfit, which kind of reminds me of uh, Bruce Lee. Just um, very <laughs> cool. so, so it's it's 30 minutes. It's on YouTube. It's easy to find. It's again, Casey Jones, Livewire. Hopefully you watched that before we talked about it. because we just spoiled everything. It's fine. Um, Yeah, maybe put it like a before spoiler. You know, maybe maybe yeah uh but that was a lot of fun I, I really liked it um let's move on to another one of the films this one is kind of less a film and uh, more an animatic uh the the growing up uh T 2k12 fan story mhm uh you, you you did watch that one right oh yeah so I was not prepared for what this story like handed out. Yeah. Like it started out as this, this like cutesy little, you know, drawing of the turtles as kids. And it's like, Hey, we're three years old and blah, 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 blah. And and the narrator, you know, is, is telling the story as, as the story goes on. And, and it's, it's not animated per se, but it's like images accompany the story as it's told. Mm-hmm. And since it fits in the, the 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 2K12 universe, it kind of attempts to fill in some of the backstory of here's how the Turtles were when they were kids, and then here's how the Turtles are as you know them, and then here's what happens after the events of the show. Mm-hmm. And it gets dark fast. It does, and I'm not okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> You're not okay with it, Jeff? No, I'm not like I very much appreciate when a fan is just like, you know what? Let's just start killing people. And oh. this one, I, this one, I don't want to spoil because it uh, it is very much a gut punch. Yeah. Uh, I, my biggest complaint is that the, the person who published it on YouTube in the title of the of the video he puts warning very sad yeah which don't tell me that going in i don't need right. a warning just let me watch it mm. uh overall though i i know you're you know not okay with it what do you think of the 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 you know the story and how it was told i thought it was fine um you know um felt very last ronin ish in a way. No. Yes, it did. This does, I guess, technically predate the last How not by much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's if you want to find it, all you have to do is search "Growing Up a TMNT 2K12 Fan Story." Uh, it is published by it's it's on GD200's YouTube page. That's GD. Uh, two hundred. Yeah. Uh, don't know who that is. Uh, apparently, it was illustrated by Ziva Ziva Zink. Ziva Zip. I, I don't know why I'm trying to pronounce internet usernames. I don't know. It's a, it's a bad idea. It's always a bad idea. Yeah. But it's. Yeah. I got in my feels in a way that I didn't think I would watching an animatic, you know, an animatic with with voiceover because that's what it is. Mm hmm. Yeah, I was I was I was shocked at, at how it affected me. So good job. Whatever real human is behind that production. Good job. Yeah. Uh, you want to jump back over to comics? Sure. OK. Uh, let's see. We already covered the two short ones. Let's talk about Turtle Tales. Turtle Tales. Turtle Tales. Turtle Tales. This is a pair of books uh, that are written and drawn by Tony Day. And if you remember from a from our previous um, fan fiction fests, I believe this is the dude who did Turtle Turncoat. I'm like 90 percent sure it is. I'm, I'm trying to confirm it. Yes. Yes, he, he he drew Turtle T- Turncoat, and this is him both writing and drawing uh, his own book called Turtle Tales Part One and Turtle Tales Part Two. Uh, the first first book is called The Superliminal Effect, and the the the, the big MacGuffin in this like in this story is that the, the turtles are, for all intents and purposes, the turtles from the the, the what 1987 cartoon mm-hmm. or more specifically the, uh, Archie comic. Uh, the, the reason I say that is because they Raphael is wearing his, his all black suit mm-hmm. and he references them going to Japan, which they totally do in that, in, in that series. And the, the MacGuffin is, Donatello brought back a like a like a turtle mine thing and it malfunctions and hits a teleporter that he also had in his his uh, his lab. And it teleports into another dimension and wreaks havoc across space and time for millennia. It's pretty wild. Yeah. And our 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 boy Cuddly the Cowlick shows up with a Beatles haircut to explain what's going on and to grab the turtles and say, we have to fix this. You broke it. And the universe is about to collapse. So in true turtles fashion, they stumble into a universe threatening <laughs> situation and they have to fix it. Sounds they, about uh, right. What's that? Sounds about right. Yeah. They run into several uh, beloved turtles characters on their adventure uh, including Ace Duck, Usagi Ojimbo, um, Man Ray or Ray Filet. Wingnut is there. Uh, they, they also run into female versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. And the second book is mainly them hanging out with l- lady turtles of themselves from another dimension. So it, it it's quite a ride. It's a pretty freaky, awesome ride. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know what I expected out of this. Uh it like it's it's got a lot of action, it's got a lot of humor. It's very unexpected. There's a lady shredder. There's a there's a dude April. Yeah, that was really weird. <laughs> uh they end up fighting uh like rock soldiers in another dimension and there's it's at one point transformers show up. Yeah. And, uh, thundercats and my, what what are those things? Um, the care bears. Yeah. It's, it is for lack of a better term, a huge adventure. It's like a Saturday morning adventure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the, the, both books combined is about 62 pages. So it's not even that heavy of a read. But so much happens. What did you think, Jeff? I really enjoyed this. Like, I, it could have been, you know, uh, it could have been animated, you know, except for, you know, the uh, the the odd crossover parts, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who has the rights to to dead eye duck from Bucky O'Hare. That was the four armed duck. Oh, that's who that. Oh, yeah. I don't know anything about Bucky O'Hare. Yeah, yeah, it was short-lived cartoon arcade game and like really hard to find NES game. Yeah. What was any like a like a green hair. Yeah, and it was a really good comic series too by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, this was just a, just such a fun enjoyable read. Like you know, Saturday morning cartoon style. Um as I said and you know seeing <laughs> Seeing Cuddly show up <laughs> with you know, Ringo Starr's hairstyle, <laughs> that was it, was, it was crazy. But yeah, it's a, it's a nice little beautiful mix of like, you know, some, you know, 80s, 2K3, Archie, kind of, you know, just all in there. And there's like, there's, there's a ton of Easter eggs. Yes. In here. Absolutely. You see the. You see the the punching robots with the boxing gloves from the, uh, turtles in time arcade version, some roadkill Rodney's, Mm -hmm. um, all kinds of stuff. But yeah, this was, it was very odd choice having Michelangelo in a Hawaiian shirt, which was kind of fun. Um, I don't think it's as odd as, as you'd believe. Like I I, Mikey seems like the turtle that would wear a Hawaiian shirt. Well, yeah, true um, But this was, yeah, the the art's really nice in this um, I really enjoy that a lot um, yeah. It's a really fun, interesting story It's like, hey, basically follow the bouncing ball Yep You know, all throughout Oh, by the way, it's a death sphere Wait, wait what? Basically? <laughs> <laughs> and tear apart all the fabric of reality yeah, and I, I really like that the the episode starts with or not episode, <laughs> the book starts with Donnie basically being a hoarder. Yeah, you know he he has all of this tech that he's picked up while, you know after their battles that's just busted like foot tech or you know just just stuff he's found around, and mm-hmm. I, I guess that's just not something that I've ever thought about. But yeah. Donnie's got to get his his future tech from somewhere. True. Uh, and and th- they made that joke about him having an entire car th- basically in his bedroom or in his lab. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the the reason I've the, the reason I, I mentioned that is because the next thing we're going to cover is kind of the same conceit. Yeah. Uh, now. OK, so our, so the next thing is probably the most esoteric of all of the, the, the fan things that we that we're gonna that we're going over this episode, mm-hmm. and I think we've talked about this before. If not, it was on our our Instagram page. There's a modder who customizes action figures and toys and and like you know cars and vehicles and stuff for the action figures uh, named Monty, and he has a Facebook page and Instagram page, and he. Posts his his mods or his you know his custom figures every once in a while. and a lot of them are really, really cool. like several months back, possibly a year or so back, he uh, posted a custom metal head that he had taken the metalhead head from the pop figure and put it on top of a a, tra- a like a giant transformer mm-hmm. and he you know used some artifacts to make it look you know, cool in in the pictures and it was really, really cool. And I was like, this this guy is clearly very talented. Well, when I put the when I put out there, hey, we're looking for people and we're looking for fan stuff. He reached out to us on Facebook and said, I don't know if this counts. But and then he proceeded to send uh, a bunch of pictures of a like a like a turtle garbage tank mod. Did you see these? Yeah. Yeah. And it looks like it has the just picture a half of a garbage truck, right, with four wheels on the bottom like or eight wheels on the bottom. And on the front of it are the like the, the, the mechanical arms from, say, Alien One, where Ridley is in the mech suit thing. Mm-hmm. The uh the lifter. Yeah, the lifter. And those are on the front of of, of the garbage can. Mm-hmm. Like he. Put all this together and he put. A couple of NECA. Turtles in it. Uh, Donatello and Raphael. He then. Basically wrote a. A passage. Uh, like a short. It's not short. It's it's like it's long, but it's, it's not crazy long. Like it's too long to read here. But it's too short to be like a like a you know a short story mm-hmm. and it's base, it what it what it does is it sets the sets the tone of where you would see this turtles vehicle and the tone is donatello's lab it's overrun with parts here and and, and you know Future tech there and half built projects and just just the basically the mind of a genius who has more ideas than time. And that turns him into like a tech hoarder. And he does a really good job uh, of painting a very vivid picture of exactly how this workshop looks. Mm hmm it's told from the perspective of Raphael seeing or walking into the the lab and trying to make his way to Don who is, you know, hard at work, you know, building things and, and putting the finishing touches on this, this, this garbage truck thing. And after this long passage of, you know, of, of extremely detailed prose, it finishes with Donatello asking him, what do you think, Raph? You know, like it in a movie or in a TV show or in a, In a comic, all you're going to see is Raphael walking in the room and Donatello saying, what do you think, Mm Raph? But the subtext of, you know, the surroundings of that room is that's never going to be explored in traditional media. But it can be when you're creating these types of one off. uh, Things and putting enough heart and soul into it to make. A story to go with this vehicle that you you know built passionately with your with your spare parts and when monty sent it to me he was like does this count and i read it i was like dude this is awesome like it's really well written it's it's very on purpose and it may not count as you know a, a traditional comic book or a movie or even like a, a long-form fan fiction it absolutely counts as a like a, a passion project from someone who cares about the property. Yeah. So good job, Monty. Let's see what's next. What do you want to cover next, Jeff? Um, well, we might as well just round out the rest of the comics. OK. All right. Let's do that. So previously I mentioned Dream Studios. And Dream Studios has a lot of turtles content, uh, as I said, they have like four or five different turtles projects in in different stages of development. Uh, they've got TMNT Illusions, TMNT Origins. They've got Special Agent Ravenwood. They've got uh, Bebop and Rocksteady, Bravery and Stupidity. They've got two or two or three others that have not even been translated into English. Uh, this is a Russian-based uh, production company, and so th- they just churn these things out, and it's a, maybe a few issues per year, mm-hmm. d- you know, with in the varying stories they're trying to tell. The one that we tackled this time technically isn't done because there are a couple of books that have not been translated yet, and unfortunately, I don't speak Russian, Jeff. Yeah, neither do I. Yeah, yeah, uh, but – that the translated books, most of them are translated, like most of the, 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 the word blocks are translated well enough that had you not known it was from Russia, you wouldn't realize it was translated. Uh, the one that we're tackling is TMNT Illusions, Uh story and script by, I think it's Artem. Is that how you say that? I think so. Yeah. Uh artwork by Dasha Ko. And this is a series that's been published since 2017. Yeah, it's like one book in 2017, a couple in 2018, and book 4 was published this year. I say published. They put it on the internet. I don't I don't know if they ever did actual physical runs of these. But this is probably the most radical of all of the tales that we read, would you agree? Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, the story that's being told in this, like in this set of books, it's all black and white, and most of it is told through narration, right? And basically, the Shredder is positioned as the good guy. He is working. He, he and the Foot Clan are working. With the government to clean up crime in the New York City streets, the Turtles and April O'Neill are fighting against the Foot Clan as the bad guys. Dum-dum-dum. A, yeah, right. Dum-dum-dum. Yeah. And in the first issue, in the first tale, we learn that April O'Neill is basically a... A crime lord. Yeah, she looks like a cross between uh, Jessica Rabbit and the uh, what was it, the Black Queen, Dark Queen, uh, whichever it was from uh, Battletoads. I was gonna go with uh, Morticia Adams.
1: Uh,
0: maybe a little bit, a little, little, little bit of Morticia in there. Um, and like she, she is the leader. Um, d- during the 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 story, she has Baxter Stockman mutate the turtles to be, to to be warriors for him. Hamato Yoshi was still the trainer of the turtles, but he got sick or he was, no, he, he was attacked during their training and to save his life, he was mutated into a, into a rat. So Splinter is still a rat, but he then dies. And now the turtles, work specifically for april o'neill to do her bidding right Mm -hmm. it's 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 a wild wild tale yeah especially when you get to the later books because the the, the first few they they set it up as the turtles are the bad guys turtles are the bad guys here's the story we're telling the turtles are the bad guys right Mm-hmm. Uh, in the second book, Casey Jones shows up, and he's trying to infiltrate April O'Neil's uh, organization, uh, and it seems as if he does so, and like so much so that he sleeps with April, and he's trying to get a, a, a USB drive with information about the Foot Clan to help the government bring them de- – not the Foot Clan. Uh, what was the name of their clan? Cannot remember. Mm. The Family. It was just called The Family. And he ends up getting the the USB and turns it over to the uh, to the authorities. And then in the very like last pages, he shoots himself in the head, falls to the ground, and is revealed to be an utram dude. Uh huh. That is some bonkers stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. The the utram is then crawling out of his chest, just busting out of his chest, alien style to walk through a portal that was popping out of a uh, a, a, a a briefcase. Mm-hmm. There's we we then find out that that Casey Jones was let into the the inner circle of the family because April O'Neil knew that he was trying to infiltrate and she ended up putting a virus on the USB drive that allowed like the 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 family to infiltrate into the 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 the, the president's uh Oval Office, but before all of that, we find out the turtles aren't really the bad guys because April O'Neil is, is is like one of the few humans left on Earth that has not been infected by an utram, uh, because of like her bloodline, and she's trying to rid the world of the utrams because they are parasitic. Uh, creature and because of this, she seems like the bad guy, and the turtles seem like the bad guy, but she's doing it for the sake of the human race. Like it is wild, man. This is one of the most insane things I think we've read because you don't everything you think you already know. You don't. Yes, it just flips the script so many different times. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's like a masterwork in uh retconning the entire story mm-hmm. because you could read the first issue and the story could be over for you or you could read the first issue and the second issue and everything you learned in the first issue is kind of is altered in issue two and mm-hmm. the story could be over you don't have to read any farther but if you read issue three everything you learned in the first two issues is now overwritten and Everybody's alliances are changed. And is this is this what Russian stories are like? I guess I've not read any Russian stories, but it's 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 full of twists and turns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I I like this way more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, uh, there, there's uh, ish, issue three has like. What is it? Almost 13 pages of April O'Neill's diary that takes like almost a day to day look at how the Uthrams took over the world. Yeah, it's got Dr. Chaplin in it and this dude named Bob. I dig this so much. It's it's a really enjoyable read. I, I really I really liked um uh, the inking on this. And it mm-hmm. being, you know, having the, uh, the bubbles, uh, be, uh, red with black, uh, lettering, which was a really nice, uh, kind of pairing. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the arch direction is kind of stunning because of, of, of the direction they go. I, I think my only issue with it is that the turtles are kind of characterless. Yeah they their window dressing in this story that, you know, is, is mainly about the humans, but it's not, it's not really a complaint, I guess, because I don't care. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an intriguing enough story to, to still ex- experience. Uh, the cool thing about dream studios is as they finish translating a book, they just throw it into their Google drive and they're like, okay, come read it. Yeah. So I, I'm going to – assuming the link doesn't crash because it, it is just a Google Drive link, uh, I'm going to try to include that in the show notes. So if you want to check out TMT Illusions, uh, you can do that, or you can look at the, their various other books. Uh, I know their Agent Ravenwood book was on eBay for a while, which is real weird. And I know, Jeff, you don't know who Special Agent Ravenwood is. You will. It's okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, I'm very excited to read the rest of their their turtle stuff. If if this is what they do, I'm very excited to read it. Mm-hmm. So I, I I would assume next year we'll have more. Yeah. So I, I that's all of the comics that we read. Uh, and as I said, a, a lot of the other comics we didn't read because they were incomplete or just entirely too long. Now, if if Shellheads gets to a point to where we're out of regular turtle stuff to talk about, we may dive into the you know the guide end story or uh, actual fan fiction fan novels uh but that's very far in the future if if it ever happens so i've I've kind of earmarked both of the the suggestions that came through on those and said maybe someday, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. We have two other things. Is it two? One. Yes. <laughs> let's talk about Rise of the TMNT as vines. Oh man, that's a that was a bonkers ride for like three minutes. Yeah. Oh yeah. It is. It is three minutes of the rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. In basically six-second comedic shorts created by various uh, creators. Some of them are fully animated. Some of them are halfway animated. Some of them are, like, animatic drawings or storyboard-looking. But I wish I knew more about Vine. I really do. Yeah, I'm not a Vine person. Yeah. What I do know is it was owned by Twitter. It was six, six or seven second videos, and a lot of creators got very famous because they could tell a story or a really funny joke in six or seven seconds. Right. Yeah. I've seen Vine compilations on YouTube and various other things, but Vine is so far in the past now. Yeah. Because it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, it's so far in the past now that a lot of my recollection of those collections is gone. Ed, you time that perfectly? That rhymed really well.
1: (laughs) Recollection of the
0: collection. Yeah. I think, I think the vines that are represented in this are basically redrawn versions of real vines. It's entirely possible no I'm, I'm pretty sure it is uh at least on some of them i, I like i i'm not going to do the work trying to track down these old vines but it's very it's very easy to find just search rise of the TMT and t as vines it's the it, the one that i that we're talking about was the one posted by the account rise as vines mm mm-hmm. And it's got about 275 275,000 views. And how many times did you laugh out loud? A lot. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we all know that Rise just lends itself extremely well to comedy, but it's it's not – it's never like over the top. It's always just like, you know, just kind of perfectly timed. And it kind of carries over to this as well. Yeah, that, that, that's a really good point. Like a lot of. Rise's comedy can be summed up in seven seconds or six seconds or however, however long a vine is. And when you're watching the episodes, they throw the comedy in so subtly that you may miss it because yeah. they're telling a grander story. When you just focus on six seconds of comedy. It works so well. It does. It's so funny. Uh, th- this one I'm just straight gonna put in the show notes. You can just click on it and check it out. Uh, I hope I hope more of these are done. Oh yeah. Uh, this was published in February of this year, uh, and according to the notes in the the actual video, that they've been working on it for two years. Oh wow. Yeah, and it it, it looks like it was a lot of creators, so. Check like it's three minutes and 22 seconds. You have no excuse not to watch this. Right. Yeah. No excuse. No excuses. No excuses. Okay. we have one more. One more piece to talk about in in this year's fan fiction fest. And boy, boy, was this last one a feast. (laughs) This one is named Casey Jones Lawbreakers Beware. Oh yeah. And it wasn't until after I decided, "Hey, we should watch this," that I realized that Blinky500, the the creator of this or the account that has this, this isn't their only Casey Jones movie. This is just their newest Casey Jones movie. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, they've got they've got another one called uh I think it's called My Name is Casey Jones or something. Mm. But we we may cover that next year. I I don't know. I don't know. This one we were talking about wigs earlier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, no, let me do my due diligence. Uh, it's this one was uh, I, I guess written and directed by Chris R. No notarial, Not not uh, not notari- I, 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 I suck so much with names. Uh, he has a long piece of uh, like five paragraph summary of, of what exactly this is. It's an 11 minute Casey Jones story. And where the previous one we talked about seemed like it had a lot of, uh, production put into it, a lot of money and just more effort than what you would expect out of a fan film. Mm hmm. This movie has exactly the amount of effort you would expect, you would expect in a fan film. Would you agree? Yes. <laughs> the, so the guy playing Casey Jones looks like he's 55 years old. <laughs> Things have been rough for Casey. Yeah, yeah. And the wig he is wearing might be the worst wig in the history of cinema. You know, yeah, it's pretty bad. Like I, I I don't want to completely poo poo on, on this. I did enjoy this, this short film. Yeah. The wig was just so distracting. Yeah. And it's, it's bad when you can tell that it's a wig. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you know who, uh, Tommy Wiseau is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like this wig looks like it's trying to be a wig of Tommy Weisso's hair. It looks like it's Tommy Wiseau's hair that escaped from his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In in this one, Casey Jones, he basically is just a murderer. <laughs> like we've seen before. He murders people over petty crimes, which mm. – Technically is canon, I guess. Yeah. Um, and in it, he's, you know, he is dating. He's in a committed relationship with April O'Neil. At least he is at the beginning of the film. And through his actions, of course, he ruins the relationship. And she's going to go stay with her mom for a while. And clearly he doesn't learn his lesson because he just ends up murdering someone else because they were... <laughs> Because they were stealing a car. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Like, I liked how loose canony, loose canony, is that is can I make that into an adverb? Is that what that would be? Sure, sure. I, I love how much of a loose cannon he is in this, in, in this film. And I would say the uh, fight choreography is better mm-hmm. than the Casey Jones live wire. Hmm. It, or let me rephrase that the choreography may not be better, but the camera angles they used during the fights was be- were better. Yeah. I can, I can, I can give you that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's fun. It's ridiculous. It's short. Um, I don't know if it's good though. What do it's, you have to say about it? It's enjoyable. Um, You know, um, I was like I said, like now all I can think about is the wig, (laughs) you know, um, it was, you know, uh, of course, April's in this and another another babe um, uh, is is playing her. She's wearing the uh, oh, I mean, we clearly know it's April because she's got a yellow coat and red hair and red hair. Um, I do like the, uh, the shots of the city. Yeah, there were some, some really good. I think those are drone shots. Yeah. More I, I more doubt like, he yeah. had money to put a, to, to have a helicopter <laughs> make those shots. Oh no. I was like, I just, you, you love technology enough to where it's like, Hey, you want to make some aerial shots? Sure. We can do that. Um, but you're right. Those, those were good shots. Yeah. Um, I did like the turtles make a vocal appearance on the phone, mm-hmm. uh, which was nice. And Mikey's like, whoa, is like, hey, you and April doing OK? He's like, oh, did she, is she single now? <laughs> Ew. Ew, Mikey. Ew. Come on, come on Mikey. Come on. <laughs> um, I really liked Casey's Mask, which is basically, you know, the movie mask. Yeah. Uh, you know, beaten up uh which is cool. Um yeah, th- I think the fights are a little a little better. Uh they flow a little better in this. Yeah. Um doesn't mean the ones in uh live wire aren't, you know, thoroughly enjoyable, but as you said, it's all about the camera angles. Um so yeah. Uh, and I I know you're not a huge fan of like a lot of cuts in fight scenes. Yeah, I like to be able to see my action It flow really well But this flowed pretty well Right, right, but there also was a lot of cuts Like, you either Have good action Or you have a good editor Yeah This, I feel like this one had a good editor Mm -hmm. And so it seems like the action is great Or at least, you know, good Yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah. I I can't like I laughed out loud when like the first scene that Casey pops in with that wig on. Yeah, I thought like, you, you know, when you watch SNL and like a character pops on screen that is supposed to be ridiculous and they're wearing a ridiculous wig that does not look real. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt like an SNL sketch. For just a second. And then I was like, oh no, they're playing this serious. This they're going to do this whole thing with that wig on. They do it. This, this whole thing is serious. And, it, and at that point it's off the rails, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I would watch another film that they did. So I'm, it, you know, I, I don't want to seem like we're being overly critical of any of these things because at the core, they're fan films, they're passion projects,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know? they can only be so bad. Right. Because they're not given, you know, they didn't have a $10 million budget. They didn't, they don't have Nickelodeon money to to do this stuff. The fact, the fact that they did anything is, is a testament to their passion for the project. So I, as I'm sure we've said in previous uh, fan fiction fests, all of like all of the criticisms systems that we've thrown out in this episode are in jest like we we're with you like the these we want more fan fiction things like this because they help validate the fandom that we are all that we experience every other week when we, when we do these shows yeah so jeff when are we making a film uh oh i don't know do you, so, are you gonna play Casey? No. Nobody wants to see that. Well, I can't play Casey. I'd have to really get in shape for that. <laughs> get a personal trainer, you know, all that fun stuff. Okay, how about this? You play, you play the uh, the the detective who's been assigned to find the vigilante. That is beating up criminals around town. Yeah, maybe. I'll do some voice work. No, no, you're on camera. On camera? Okay. On camera. You get to wear a detective hat. Ooh, hey. Okay. And the, the reason you've been assigned it, that, you know, like, they were just going to let the vigilante do whatever he wanted to do. But then he accidentally killed someone. So now it's a murder. It, like, it, it's a murder s- story. And you have to find Casey Jones. Hmm. Eh, maybe. Okay. I mean maybe maybe I'll workshop something. Yeah. <laughs> we can shoot it outside of the uh the warp zone. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> Open casting call. Who wants to play Casey Jones? In yeah. in the shellheads version of Casey Jones the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh that that's it for fan fiction fest 4 what what did you what what's your overall thoughts on this this batch of stuff this this was a this was a really fun one uh it's kind of odd that we didn't have a game to play but again you know those are getting kind of scarce um mm-hmm. we pretty much played all of them um you know it's it was a nice selection of uh of, of books and uh visual media um I gotta say out of all of these, like though, like my top picks uh, is it's definitely Casey Jones Live Wire and um uh, what was it the um the the Turtle Tales parts one? Oh, and two. Yes, yes. It's it's hard for me to choose what my favorite comic is because I really appreciate Turtle like Turtle Tales and its willingness to be goofy And also explore a lot of different angles of, like, characters and situations that fit very well into Turtles Media. Mm -hmm. Like, I I really like that. But I also really like how far off the rails that Russian comic goes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It goes all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's so chaotic that I can't help but respect Every page of that comic. So I don't know. I don't know. Live Wire is without a doubt the best that we that we watched. But but you're right. This this was a good this was a good chunk. So uh, I, I'm going to leave as, as many. T- links to this stuff as I can find uh, again, some of the stuff I've had sitting in my in my my inbox or in my on my hard drive for a while. So I don't know if I'll be able to find it on the Internet again, but we'll see. Uh, Jeff, we'll be back in, what, two weeks? Yeah. What are we talking about? We will be diving in and dissecting ooh, uh, the Cowabunga Collection. Oh, so when it's video games, you do remember? Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but he is correct. Uh, the Cowabunga Collection takes center, center stage next time. <clears throat> it wasn't really reasonable for us to do it this time because it was literally released today. Yeah. So. I guess pick up your copy and play along with us. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, wh- tell us, where can people play along? I'm so happy that you uh, asked me that, Sergio, because we are having a Turtle Mania Uh, Showcase Uh, We'll be doing that for a couple of weeks uh, Here at the Warp Zone Arcade um, Where people can come Check out uh, all the games And uh, even Shredder's Revenge As well and bring some friends And have a great time Um, We also do uh, Smash Brothers tournaments And we do uh, retro game restorations On uh, cartridge games And cartridge based uh, systems um, we also have you know, fantastic uh, old school arcade uh, games to play and new stuff to play. And uh, hope you come out and uh, game with us. Uh, we're also on Instagram. I'm trying to get more active on there, so give us a follow. Um, and where can we find you, Sergio? Realitybreached.com and all of the Reality Breach social stuff. If you if you Google Reality Breach, you'll find all kinds of stuff. Uh, that's where the Reality Breached live podcast lives. Uh you can find us on all major po- podcast platforms. Uh and as always f- follow Shellheads on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Uh I'm I'm getting better at replying to things. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, yeah, send them and I'll I'll see what I can do to 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 give you an answer. Uh we we've gotten some some kind words in the past week about Uh, our our work here on the podcast so uh thank you for sending sending them we 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 do this because we love ninja turtles and when we started doing this i don't think either one of us knew if anyone would listen to it yeah but you're you're exactly right (laughs) yeah but we both enjoy the subject matter so much that it didn't really matter at the time to see that there's like-minded people out there who do enjoy what we're doing it it's it it, it's it's tremendously validating and we thank you so much for listening and sharing this journey with us absolutely and it's it's very humbling uh to to know um you know that we're helping you get through your work week your night shift uh whatever you got going on in your lives um thank you for Allowing us to be a part of yours Um, And Mm -hmm. we'll have You know Lots Lots more content um, To come Yeah Yeah Shellheads is one of those Permanent podcasts This is going to go forever Forever We like Start sounding like the old men From uh, the Muppet Show You got any news this week Jeff? No I don't Sergio Except Oh I broke my hip again Did you hear? They're releasing a Cuddly the Cowlick action figure through NECA. Oh, sweet. That goes with your cowlick. Never thought I would see that. (laughs) Okay, this has gone completely off the rails. Jeff. Dame Edna. (laughs) Thank you for joining me today. Uh, As always, I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. And we're Shaleheads. (laughs) (laughs) What (laughs) were we doing?